right. Here we go. First shot. Ooh. It's a candy. It's smoother than I expected. I'm not as much of a fan of that as the last one, the tequila. True. Ugh. Second one was not as smooth. I'm a diaphragm. Ugh. It's okay. Like it's okay. <laughs> I, don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Here, let's be done. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I need a moment. Fuck, oh, man. Chop three, chop three. Let's get it over with. It hurts. Fuck. Blech. <laughs> not a fan. Not a fan. It's so good when you don't do multiple. It's just too many in a row. Maybe that's what, what we did wrong. my stomach. See, I've thought about it. Yeah. And with the tequila, it's perfect. It's perfect to take the tequila shots with the lime chaser. I think it tastes really good that way. Mm-hmm. And then with the whiskey, mm-hmm. I've tried it before chasing it with pickle juice. And that is actually really mm-hmm. nice. Picklebacks. Picklebacks. Picklebacks are nice. I like that a lot. Ugh, God. Ugh. Well, okay. So here we go. Let me open up my computer. Ugh, it's like cinnamon flavored medicine. Alcohol is medicine for the heart. What was what was that thing? It was like, um, Ugh, I did not like that. It's like neosporin is for outside pain, mm-hmm. and alcohol is for inside pain. <laughs> Who says that? <laughs> I don't know. I read it somewhere, but I vibed with it. You know. All right. Hey everyone, this is three shots in. I'm Jake. I'm Jess. And we are three shots in. That was super gay. <laughs> that was. That was bad. That was so gay. <laughs> Prepare for trouble. <laughs> and make it double. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. I'm going to keep that. That's fine. That's fine. We'll work on that. <laughs> anyway. Well, welcome everybody. We're here again for a second. And by, by everybody, I mean that one solitary person who's probably one of our parents. Thank you for yeah. listening. Love you. Yeah. We, lo- we love you, Dad. Uh, so last, not last week, but probably last week for you guys, because, you know, in this, in these beginning stages, starting a podcast, um, wow, there's a lot more that goes into it than, than I really anticipated as far as like scheduling and, and stuff. Cause, uh, <clears throat> Jacob goes to school full time. Mm-hmm. He is going to school in pursuit of a degree in psychology, uh, and currently works full time. In a psychology office. It's a counseling center. There you go. It's, well, they, it's, I mean... Similar. Everyone has, that's, like, degrees. It's in the same arena. True, I guess. So, um, and then I work full-time. I, I mean, some weeks I work full-time. Some I, wor- I work freelance as a, a, what is called a scopist for court reporters. I'm not even going to bore you with exactly what that means. Basically, I edit... Ten words or less. I edit court transcripts. From home, on my laptop, for money. That was yeah, 11 words. That was more than 10. <laughs> that was I 11. think that was 12. No, that was 11 words. Okay. We'll, I, we'll, trust, I, we'll trust your finger counting <laughs> over here. It's because those shots are starting to hit. It's faster than six minutes. That was one of my fun facts that didn't make it into the last episode. <laughs> well, uh, that is because this week we are we did shots of cinnamon whiskey. Right. Uh, last week was tequila. Yes, it was. It was delicious. Um, you know, I have to say, I'm not. I'm not great at taking shots. It's gross. Love alcohol. Don't like shots. But the tequila, I was able to do shot, 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 and it was just the equal an equal amount of ugh. You know, right. cinnamon whiskey. On the other hand, first shot, not bad. Second shot, horrible. 
Fucking awful. Third shot. Dear God, I'm going to vomit. Uh, <laughs> so if you have cinnamon whiskey, you know, maybe maybe take a shot. Take a break. Hang out a little bit. Then come back and do another shot. Yeah. Three shots in the span of a minute is not recommended. No. Rapid fire cinnamon whiskey shots. No, is that just... is not three shots in approved. No. Well, you know, I, 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 it's not approved, but it is practiced. We just did it. So... Uh, is it recommended? Mm, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no yeah. to that. Because uh, that was not enjoyable. Whereas last week, we really took our time. Because of the three shots in cast, I am attempting to edit the the audio from that last episode, the recording. Um, and we went on for the first three shots were, it was about four minutes long, that whole thing. Not super long, by the way. That, a lot of that can be cut. We took our time. That was fine. It was me who suggested, and I regret it, yeah. that we take three shots rapid fire this time because it'd be less to uh, to edit. And I was I was a fool. I was selfish <laughs> in asking <laughs> for that because um, man, that sucked. Cool. I hated that. Live and learn. Yep. Um, not in college. I'm not. Well, you are. I am in college. <laughs> you are in college. I am in college. But see, I've never been good at taking shots. I yeah. was 20 years old. I mean, 21, of course. And, <laughs> I, and I, I wasn't good at taking shots. Um, to our one listener, Dad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jessica was 20 years old. I don't even know. How old was oh, I? Oh, I was way younger than that when I started drinking alcohol. Yeah? Oh, How I think old? the first shots I ever took, by the way, mm-hmm. were, I think it was tequila. But, oh man, it was the shitty kind. And it was mm. awful. It was with Gabby, who the silver, the silver tequila, the clear one, the clear kind. Yes. Yeah, rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. You Did need not know the, at the time. You need a reposado, uh, just for everyone. Casamigos. I can't even say because people are going to be like, should we even label drop right now? I don't know enough about this to know what's okay to say and what's not. I don't know. All I know is if if I say a brand name, they're getting free advertisement. Okay. And but then legally they could. By the way, we're not making money on this. No, not for a long time, if ever. Technically, technically, we're in we're in the red on this. <laughs> <laughs> we're out money. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we have. Let me just put this out there. We have garbage pallets. Well, we I... are not. We are not liquor connoisseurs by any means. Okay, that's true. I. I mean, I don't know. I have I have preferences towards towards beer, and uh, if I if I am taking shots, I have preferences as to the liquors that I will not drink. You know what I mean? I there, there are well, specific no, there no. are specific brands of whiskey okay. that I will not touch. Wild Turkey? No, I'm not talking about just bad memories. Wild Turkey? I honestly I couldn't answer. That was a Freudian slip. What? Do you have bad memories off of Wild Turkey? I do. I'm si- that's what I'm saying. I can't answer whether Wild Turkey is good whiskey or not. See, because my only memory of Wild Turkey was a terrible, terrible memory. <laughs> it was horrible. It was spent over a toilet. It was spent sweating. 
wild turkey. Have you ever sweat wild turkey? I don't recommend I, it. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to say that I I don't know that it was wild turkey, but it was some kind of whiskey. <laughs> I've sweated whiskey as I have. Yeah, don't recommend it. I just have bad memories. I would never recommend or not recommend wild turkey. There are very specific drinks, very specific brands that I would definitely not recommend because I was sober enough to taste them and and decide for myself, wow, this is garbage. Surprisingly, I love vodka and probably probably my second favorite vodka ever is the cheapest vodka you can buy. I'm going to go ahead and name drop that. Are you going to? Yes, you because you know what I want to do? So let me throw this out there. Last episode was about alcohol. It was very general. We're experimenting. We're new to podcasting. And we chose something very general. And it was mostly me talking about facts that I had collected. Jacob had collected nothing. That's true. I It was, it was very much nothing on my part. So this episode is about... Murder. Murder. Well, because we figure if we're ever going to become successful, and if anyone out there is listening, if you're <clears throat> to develop an interest in what we're saying, I mean, of course, we have to sound interested in what we're in what we're actually talking about. And murder, I feel like, is one of those things no one wants to like, but everybody does. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It just is. It's morbidly interesting. It's one of it those is. things that everyone, like, when when they watch the documentaries or they read up on the cases, you know, there's that, there's that like, moment of, like, guilt and that you find joy in watching the Ted Bundy tapes and whatnot, you know? But honestly, I feel that it's kind of a, like, cultural trend. Everyone is just really into murder right now. They are. Dude, it's <laughs> not even right now. Everybody's interested in murder. I, you know, I, we're well, going gonna to go ahead and say that that's not, that's not a, an across the board thing that is true with every single person in existence. That's a rule. There are exceptions to the rule, but I feel like I'm not alone. And, you know, who knows? Maybe if there's anyone listening to this episode, I don't think I'm alone in saying and confessing that I, have watched Forensic Files, have played Forensic Files in the background while I was trying to fall asleep because it's calming. Because it's, it's boring? It's re no! <laughs> it's relaxing No, it's boring. It's not boring. Fuck you. <laughs> it's boring. It is God, not. I hate Forensic Files. It's not boring. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, no. No. It's terrible. I, so my love for Forensic Files was developed... By spending a lot of time at my grandmother's and go, you shut <laughs> up, you don't even say a fucking word. <laughs> I, my grandma, like many grandmas out there, was a fan of Forensic Files. And I gotta say, I fell in love with the narrator's voice. Because it's so calming, it's so relaxing. And he's talking about this like terrible, really morbid, <laughs> awful shit. <laughs> As like a fucking like seven year old and listening to this guy speak and I'm like, wow, he's so relaxing. You're like, oh wow, I'm gonna go to sleep. <laughs> you know, your eyes are closed. You're you're thinking of what you wish, what you hope to dream about. While the narrator is talking about how a young woman was stabbed forty seven times. Okay. Was stabbed forty and you're just like, Oh yes, uh, talk to me, narrator. Ah, uh, yes. Soothe me. <laughs> a crime of passion. <laughs> Uh, so, it was horrible. I hated that. You're so boring. So boring. I I completely disagree. I I would rather watch Law and Order. Dun dun. <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Look, Law and Order in my opinion, not a great show. 
it it did its job. If you watched it week by week, you were entertained. Okay, but have you ever tried to binge Law and Order? I haven't tried to even watch Law and Order. It's painful. The only thing I look forward to is iced tea. That is it. I could see myself also looking forward to iced tea. Yeah, and that's just because, like you know, like like you know what he wants to say. You know, you know he wants to put on those sunglasses and be like, iced tea made it enjoyable. I'll I'll give him that. That's believable to me because iced tea was the only thing I found interesting about yeah. Law and Order, which, by the way, tells me that my I have some form of taste. I understand you find Forensic Files to be boring. Yes, but you know it's called Forensic Files because it goes into the process of the forensic investigation, which means all of the like chemical aspects and like the ways they discovered evidence in order to like you know they all they process it in a lab and they found the DNA of blah. And I'm, the, I'm bored. The bored. fingerprints <laughs> of blah. I thought it was so cool. You want to you want to see an awesome show about forensic evidence and whatnot? If you're about to name a show with actors and not actors portraying reenactments, <laughs> reenactments. Don't even get me started on the reenactments. The, they are the fucking best, and they are the bread and butter of forensic files, and that is why I love it so much. How That's dare why, you. by the way, me and Terry, when we had could afford cable for like six months. Why we we religiously watched ID? Because ID. No, it's the same show. It's not. It's totally different than the name. It's the same show. (laughs) No, kind of. It's the same thing. It's it's terrible. (laughs) It's the same kind of like forensic files. It's the two F's. Two F's. It's got a ring. Yeah. And so on ID, they had shows like Sins and Secrets and like Evil Twins and, you know, like... Evil Twins is not an alliteration. No. But but fuck if it wasn't interesting as hell. It's terrible. It's awful. It was beautiful. And there were, there was content for them. Every episode, there were actually evil twins for them to talk about. It was amazing. It was fascinating. Mm -hmm. To the point that there was this show, let's just say, I meant to say this before. I went on a tangent and then I lost myself. Let's just say, there's anyone listening to this episode. Except you, Dad. (laughs) Except you. um, That wants to leave us a comment or wants to, oh, by the way... I have not remembered what our handles are on like Twitter. I told and you to write it down. I did. I did not. Well, I'm sorry. Okay. Well, hold on. They're not. They're not like fully set up yet. You know what I mean? Like, I do. They exist. <laughs> there's. There's just nothing there. <laughs> there's nothing there no, to find I, because we are. We are small fish. Whoever it is that that's listening, Dad. We are small fish right now. I, I don't remember all the accounts that I made. I think it's possible to put them in the description or something. I mean, hopefully it's not hard. Hopefully we, it could be in the description or like our like podcast description. Is that a thing? A podcast description? Is there like There a- is. Yes. Okay. Yes. There's a podcast description. I, I gotta say though, I haven't noticed any podcasts listing their like social media handles and their description. Okay. Well, you're only listening to the millionaire podcasts, apparently. Okay? I, I mean, I guess. I or don't think. Ma- you know and what? that's why we drink is not a millionaire podcast. Maybe they don't care what their fans have to say. Maybe one day we'll get there. But as of right now, we care about you, fan and dad. We care about you both. Fan Although, and fan dad. Fan and dad. Well, dads don't count as fans. 
I will say this about our father. If he was not a fan, he would not even entertain listening to this. Just just avoid talking about the parents. We love our parents very much. We do. So moving on from that. There's been a murder in Savannah. And that's what we're here to talk about. We are here to talk about murder. That is what this episode is about. We have legitimately put together... Well, I'm going to go ahead and say that I put together a really long list of notes. I don't know. I basically wrote myself a script. Yeah. It's. Mm -hmm. I'm going to work on it. It's an art form. I'm like paranoid. I'm going to forget special details and like, like segues and stuff. Which is saying something because at the end of it, I was like, I'm fucking tired of taking notes. So the end is like way less organized than the (laughs) beginning. We could just start it out. We've decided. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to open up the episode with the first story Jacob's going to say the second story at the end yeah I'm, I'm i think i'm cool with it you're good to go we'll find out okay we decided not to tell each other what we were going to talk about this i mean we gave each other very vague hints the vaguest of hints that way on the very very small chance that we would choose the same topic we wouldn't choose that topic right so we knew we were going to both talk about murder all i mentioned to jake was that It took place in New Mexico. New Mexico. That's it. That was it. So, just mentioning murder and New Mexico, it's possible that someone out there who's listening may already know what I'm going to talk about. Because this this happens to be a murder. I don't think you know about it, but this happens to be a murder a lot of people have talked about on at least two super popular podcasts, which means several other unpopular podcasts have probably also talked about it. And let's add to the list. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Here's our small edition. Um, it is the murder of Gurley Chu Hassenkoft. Um, You know, and I'm going to go ahead and throw out there that she was allegedly <gasps> murdered. Ooh. Yes. Juicy. So, Gurley Chu was born in Malaysia on August 27th of 1963. I've never heard a Malaysian name. What was it? Hassenhoft? Actually, no. That was her name that she hyphenated after she married. So it was just... She was born... She was born Gurley Chu. Gurley is her first name and her last name is Chu. Chu. Yes. Okay. Born on August 27th, 1963. Cut to the early 90s. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gurley Chu is 30. Right. She's 5'1", 90 pounds. Oh, wow. Teeny tiny. 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 She worked at two banks in Malaysia, and that's how she earned her living, and she really enjoyed vacationing in America, decided to take a trip to California, Mm -hmm. visited SeaWorld, and met her husband there. Wow. Cute. Until... (gasps) No. So while visiting SeaWorld, she does meet... She meets uh, a young thoracic surgeon and geneticist whose name... Did you Google thoracic? Did Did you say thoracic as in, like, Jurassic? I'm not saying thoracic, as in Jurassic. <laughs> so you see a dino doctor. No. What do you? What is a thoracic? Th- thoracic? Thoracic. Why are you asking me three shots in? I can't. <laughs> I can't answer that question. Three okay. shots in. Okay, that's a good point. Good point. All right, all right, all right. He was a doctor. <laughs> Moving on. A surgeon. Oh, he was a surgeon. And a geneticist. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and assume that that means he... Because it's... Yeah, he fucked with genetics. You know what I mean? Right. right. Yeah. yeah. And his name mm-hmm. was Dr. Dyson Hassenkoft, which is what where... What are these names? <laughs> okay, right? Dyson? I thought the same thing. 
Dr. Dyson Hassenkoft begins to date Girly Chu after they met at SeaWorld. Right. They were married in 1993, a year or two after. Okay. Reasonable. Mm-hmm. Reasonable. Uh, they ended up, you know, falling in love. They got married. They moved in together in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Girly got a job at Bank of America. Because in Malaysia, she did have experience working at banks. Right, she worked at Bank of Malaysia. So apparently she was very well-liked there, considered responsible. Sure. After about six years of marriage, Gurley files for divorce (gasps) in February Uh. of 1999. Didn't work out. Filed for divorce. She also uh, gets her own apartment, remains in Albuquerque in order to maintain her job at Bank of America. Apparently, while she was working there, she did confide in her co-workers that Dyson had been abusive towards her, had threatened her life, and apparently she also very cryptically said that if anything ever happened to her... And we're back. So, um, yeah, go ahead and uh, bear with us, everybody, because it is a Saturday night. Last one was recorded on a Friday night. Um, We didn't have to worry about a whole lot of background noise before. Back to Gurley and Dio, Dionysus. Dyson. Did you say Dionysus? <laughs> I did. <laughs> Dyson. Uh, Dyson Hassenkoft. Hassenkoft. Yes. So, Gurley Chu. Gurley and Dyson. And Dyson. Mm. So. <laughs> 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 this random ass honk in the background. <laughs> Anyway, she confides in her coworkers very cryptically that if anything happens to her, that it's probably Dyson who is to blame. And apparently, she also contacts the FBI somehow and explains the same thing. Okay. Of course, they don't act on it. That's not really the FBI's. Yeah, know. right. It's not really what they do. Odds are, it came across, knowing what we know, it came across as just simple domestic violence. Right. Not a huge deal. Not a whole lot they can do. Because it's hearsay. She's probably the only one who was there, so there wasn't a whole lot they can do to prove that. Right. Couldn't really take it anywhere, but at least it was in the record, and that did help later on. Okay. So, let's go ahead and fast forward from February 1999 to mm-hmm. September 10th, 1999. Okay, same year. A road worker discovers a green tarp covered mm-hmm. in blood. I would have been useless. <laughs> but why would you have been useless? Useless. A green tarp yeah. covered in blood? A green tarp. Covered in what I'm assuming is red blood. Jacob cannot see the colors red or green because he is colorblind in that regard. He sees blue and yellow. I do. I see them very well. Christmas. Christmas for Jacob is far less festive. It's a dull affair. (laughs) Yeah. So you actually would have been useless. I would would have have been useless. It would have just looked like a, a weird splotchy... Tarp. It has been a tarp. I, I wouldn't have called anyone about a tarp. It's, it's got duct tape all around yeah, it. I see tarps also, all the time. More gray. I have to ask. You've gotten paper cuts before. You've injured yourself before. Did you have bleed? I bled? Have you? Did you bleed have, gray? Are you asking? Have I seen blood? Yes. Yes. I know, I've seen I blood. Like, I physically know that you've seen blood. Yeah. But like, it has never been a thought that's crossed my mind that you have watched yourself bleed and only seen gray. We watched our first horror movie with my color glasses on. Unfortunately, it was that Art Deco murder movie. I watched... Which it was one? that. What was that? Jake Gyllenhaal? It was Velvet Buzzsaw. Velvet Buzzsaw. Mm-hmm. That was the first movie I ever watched with my anti-colorblind glasses on. Not just the first horror movie. No, that was the first movie, period. Wow! Yeah. I didn't know that. Unfortunately. 
That was the first movie. I, I mean, I don't care what anybody says. It was the, it was corny. It was cheesy. I fucking loved the Velvet. It was cool though. Now I know I need to go to an art museum because apparently I missed a lot. You did (laughs) because there's there's a lot of color in an art museum. Apparently, (laughs) Uh, yeah. So, had I been the road worker, I would have been useless. You would have been. Luckily, yeah. This particular road worker was not colorblind, as it seems. Thankfully. Yeah. Uh, he found a green tarp. It was covered in blood. It was wrapped around what appeared to him to be child's clothing. What? If you remember, Girly Chu <gasps> very was... Very tiny lady. She was, oh, yes, no. she was five foot one and 90 pounds. That is very small. And it could appear to someone who isn't used to women being that small as being like teenager's clothing or something like that. Right. So what they, what he found inside the tarp, which he thought belonged to a child was a blouse, underpants, and a pair of shorts, and all of those were stained with blood. There which, wasn't a body. There, there was, was no clothes. body. It was, yes, it was just those clothes wrapped in a tarp. Didn't know what to make of it. He called the police, and they came and they investigated. Okay. So, the police come and they take a look. Obviously, things look super bad. Right. It looks like a child has been murdered. Because they, they hear his testimony. It does look to them also like it was, a, it, like the clothes belong to a child. Everything's very small. And they end up, uh, I guess, looking into missing persons. Let's just see who okay. recently has right. gone missing, you know, because it's, logically that's kind of where it goes. Um, well, this is 99? 99, yeah. Okay, they had, they had decent forensic. Forensics, yeah. You know, so upon further investigation, they find these clothes stained in blood. And nearby, they find some duct tape mm. that appeared to be in a figure eight sort of shape. As though they were wrapped around wrists. Oh, like like handcuffs. Like, yes, like a handcuff sort of shape. Uh huh. So they found that and other pieces of duct tape as well nearby that okay. had like strands of long black hair kind of tangled in with them. They decided to look into missing persons, recent missing persons. This road worker discovered all this stuff sort of west of a town called Magdalena in New New Mexico, which is about an hour and 40 away from Albuquerque, which is where Girly Chu and Dyson Hasenkoft lived. Okay. And it, as it turns out, <gasps> Girly Chu had been reported missing. Oh, what? Yes. She was already reported. <gasps> September 10th. You said she was prompt. The exact same day mm-hmm. that this road worker found all that stuff, uh... Girly Chu's co-workers at Bank of America had called in and reported her missing. They had already talked to her several times about how she feared her husband, that he had been abusive towards her. Apparently, he continued threatening her even after she divorced him. Apparently, when she filed for divorce, she also filled out a restraining order against him, all that stuff. Um, They discover that she's been reported missing. They look into it. Uh, They end up going to her apartment. Okay. Oh, I forgot she had her own apartment now. Right. When they arrive, her apartment is, of course, empty. But there is an overwhelming smell of bleach. Her, I guess the carpet in her apartment is, like, stained. They can see exactly where the bleach was poured. Um, You gotta bleach everything. Even, like, the carpet is even still damp. Yeah, it's a rookie mistake. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yet, despite all the bleach smell and the... bleach stains and all that stuff, the obvious effort someone must have taken to cover up whatever happened there, they mm. still find a few drops of what seems to be undisturbed blood. So so now they can match the blood to the bloody clothes they found and they, 
Right. They can, right. at this point, they can at least attempt. Right. So, with all the bleach everywhere, if you've watched Forensic Files even one time, that doesn't cover up the ability for Luminol to detect blood. So. Yes. <laughs> they spray fucking Luminol on everything. Right. There's blood everywhere. Okay. Okay. So, they bleached it. They got rid of the blood. You can't see it with the naked eye. But Luminol reveals that there was blood on her couch Blood all over her carpets and blood just kind of spattered all over the place, including on some like piles of clothes she had in her apartment. They end up taking like not pieces of the carpet, but the whole fucking thing. There's obviously been, oh, they also found, I forgot to mention, signs of a struggle. I don't know what that means. I don't know what they found that that's communicated to them that there were signs of a struggle in her apartment. But that is what they found. Maybe a chair was turned over and there was some broken glass. Who knows? Obviously, of course, Dyson is suspect number one mm -hmm. because her co-workers, yeah. having heard all the oh. stuff that she warned them about, he, that's the first name they drop. Right. Dyson Hassenkoft. Girlie's been talking about this dude all fucking summer. She divorced him. He threatened her. He's been threatening her all summer. She thinks that if anything ever happens to her, it's because of this guy. Now we're going to travel back in time. Ooh. Okay. So Dyson Hassenkoft. <gasps> Ooh, we're going into his history now. It's not his real name. <gasps> no. His real name, Armand Chavez. <laughs> That's a mouthful. It sounds, it also sounds like an equally fake name. I feel like I'm moving far too many muscles to say Armand, Armand Chavez. He did indeed attend medical school. Oh, okay. So he was a doctor. A surgeon, I'm, sorry. I'm afraid not. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> because... While he did attend medical school for a time, he was expelled because it was discovered that he had created false transcripts in order to attend this medical school. After being uh, expelled, mm -hmm. that is when Armand Chavez had this, he just had this like light bulb moment. He was like, oh, I'm going to change my name to Dyson Hassenkoft and I'm going right. to tell everyone that's a name no one will no one will think twice about. I, I mean, I guess not, because many people didn't. He changed his name to Dyson Hassenkoft. He started telling people that he was a, a successful geneticist and thoracic surgeon. He no. also told people he yeah. was a survivor of leukemia. Wow. And that he had cured himself oh. with a very special serum that he himself concocted. I'm pretty sure it'd be public information by now, but... Let's well. Let's imagine that Dyson, Doctor Dyson Hassenkopf, was yes. counting on people not doing their research. Nineteen ninety nine. You couldn't Google things. Middle mid nineties at the time when he changed his name he changed and he was expelled name. from medical school. He counted on people who were actually suffering from cancer not to have the ability to just do a quick Google search or mm. whatever the fuck they used in the nineties. Ask what? Jeeves. Um, treating. Several people who are suffering from cancer, conning them out of hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of several years, and what he's actually injecting them with is vitamin B. I'm not going to lie, I don't know what that is, but I'm assuming that won't cure cancer. It's a vitamin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. I don't know if you deduced that on Wait. your own. <laughs> so... He's injecting them with like, I can't remember what it was. It was like vitamin B6 or something. It's something you, you can take a pill and <laughs> supplement your diet with vitamin B6. Okay. 
he's he's injecting them with that. He's conning them out of millions. Well, I want I I would imagine over the course of however many years he did this, it summed up to millions of dollars because it's these were really if it was true would be really expensive medical treatments. Mm-hmm. So he was collecting all this money, conning them, all that stuff. By the way, he's also conning like super rich ladies telling them that the serum instead of curing cancer because they are not suffering from cancer is telling them that it actually freezes their aging process <laughs> injecting them with vitamin b collecting all this fucking cash uh so after marrying and moving in with girly chew <laughs> we're a little we're, we're getting closer to we're being caught up uh-huh. yes um he would find himself traveling for work quote oh, unquote right. mm-hmm um, when in reality, he actually had several ongoing affairs. Um, some of them actually other marriages uh, all over the U.S., including other countries. So international, Ooh, international affair, right? Ooh, that's a that's a movie. That's a book right there. International. It, it literally is a book. There is a book about him. Oh, yeah, about this whole thing. One of his romances was a woman named Linda Henning, and we're going to talk a lot about her. Linda was a fashion designer, okay, a model. Born in Hollywood, California, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. very close to the place that we were born. It's true. Too close. Very, very close. So Dyson met Linda the summer after Girlie Chu filed for divorce from him at a seminar that was led by someone named David Ick or Ike. It's spelled I-C-K-E. Ike. I think it's... I want to say Ick, though. The C messes it up for me. Icky? Dr. Icky. <laughs> so, I don't think he's a doctor. Okay, Mr. Icky. <laughs> it happens to be that the seminar that David Icky is leading is about conspiracy theories. So this story is about to get really fucking bizarre. Okay, so this is the summer before the divorce, yes? The summer after, actually. The summer after. So, the di- <gasps> yes. Oh, they divorced in February. Yes. She died in September. Yes. Yeah. The summer of 1999. Yes. You know, Dyson and Attends the seminar led by David Ick, Icky, a conspiracy theorist who apparently believes wholeheartedly that the world is ruled by interdimensional pedophiliac, oh, shape-shifting reptilians. Oh my God! We circle back to lizard people. Back to lizard people. <laughs> but now all lizard people are are pedophiles. It's all coming together. <laughs> um, and he does believe that these interdimensional pedophiliac shape-shifting reptilians make up the world's elite. So Dyson apparently tells yeah. Linda after they start to develop this this friendship, which starts to get a little flirtatious, a little romantic. Mm-hmm. He ends up telling her that he is a doctor and a former CAI CIA. <laughs> <laughs> Those CAI agents. <laughs> Central Agency of the Intelligence. <laughs> Lesser known agency. So, yeah. he tells Linda he's a doctor. This is a lie he's been maintaining for several years. Right. He also adds on that he's a former CIA agent. Okay. Why not? Why not? Why not? Shoot for the moon. Sure. He also tells her that he himself is a 900-year-old immortal reptilian. Oh, my God. (laughs) Linda is apparently all about this. Oh, Linda, no. She falls for it hook, line, and sinker. She is head over heels for this 900-year-old reptilian thoracic surgeon. She ends up dumping her fiancé. 
Oh. Because she was engaged. Yeah. And starts telling her friends, apparently, that she's now engaged to Dyson. Uh, one of her friends in one of, one of the articles I read claimed that she stopped, like, changing her clothes and, like, bathing after she claimed to have met Dyson and, and started yeah. a romantic relationship Reptiles with him. don't care about that. Well, what's funny is he was apparently the reptile. She yeah. was not. No, but I'm, that's what I'm saying. Reptiles don't care, right? Right. Oh, If oh, you're gotcha. clean or dirty, they don't. Right. You know? That's true. Yeah. I no. wouldn't imagine. You know what? Happen. This is sounding far more convincing the more you add on. Well, stand by. <laughs> There's a lot more coming. <laughs> you think this is weird. We're just getting started. So, Dyson Hossenkoft, thoracic surgeon, geneticist, cancer, cure, finder, Age, yes. defier, and immortal 900-year-old reptilian alien. Yes. Has now engaged in romantic relations with Linda Henning. Uh, later on, Linda Henning's mother would claim that she'd always been very impressionable, especially when it came to men to whom she was romantically interested in, which we will talk about more later on. So, after all this started coming out, it, it was believed... Um, I couldn't find an article that actually solidified this fact, but it, it kind of seemed like Gurley may have found out all of this, all of these secrets about her husband, Dyson. You know, there was talk in some of the articles that he kept like vials of his quote unquote client's blood in their Ooh. basement. People have wondered if maybe she found that blood we're going to break real quick because I have to plug in my laptop. What is it? Uh, Bessie Chu. And, uh, who? Dionysus? <laughs> <laughs> You're so close. Yeah, I can't believe you got Chu right, to be honest. Okay. It's definitely not Bessie. It's not Bessie? It's not Bessie. <laughs> No it's, one, not, it's not Jesse. No one in the world is named Bessie Chu. I hope. Sorry, Sorry Bessie. Sorry, Bessie Chu. <laughs> oh my god, no, Daryl. I'm Daryl. Daryl? You are Daryl! He's the gym, but not caring. I like it. I like it. You're the white hipster Daryl. I'm not a hipster. <laughs> Was it you or was it me that microwaved the Wendy's burger? What, because I'm white? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Dyson. But you're close. I was close. So where Dyson uh, is apparently a uh, ancient lizard man. There we go. Who is also all sorts of doctors and cancer curist. Uh, he, met, he met a woman who, who came... To his, to his, uh, his bluffs. His wiles. His wiles, if you will. The reptilian uh, <laughs> wiles. Yeah, reptilian, reptilian wiles. A few months later, Gurley was murdered, we're assuming. Well, Allegedly here, murdered. Here we go. Because <laughs> okay. this is actually where we left off. So, Dyson tells Linda, hey, I'm a doctor. Former CIA agent. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes. Also an immortal 900-year-old reptilian alien. Yes. No big deal. It's what I am. It's that's casual. My, that's my daily. <laughs> that's what I deal with. And she was like, oh my God, take off my pants. 
Absolutely. So, so yes. she was all about it. Um, she, I said this before, before the break, she dumped her fiance. That's, I'm pretty sure that's oh, where yeah. we left off. Mm-hmm. She was engaged at the time. Mm-hmm. Dumped her fiance, moved out of the house they were sharing. She starts telling her friends that she's engaged to Dyson. Yeah. Who's at the time also engaged, quote unquote, to like two other chicks at the same time. Ooh, okay. Um, she claims that she starts receiving medical treatment from him also. <gasps> For what? I don't fucking know. <laughs> so she's, okay. she's like telling all her friends, you need to start getting medical treatment from this guy. He's a genius. I, I'm in love with him. I'm going to marry him. He's a 900 year old alien. She's mm-hmm. telling all her friends this. He's immortal. I want to be immortal too. You can be also. Right. All you need is a shot of B12. All you need <laughs> is a shot of vitamin B. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure. You can get at, what, Whole Foods? Right. I think Whole Foods. (laughs) Who who knows? But you know what? If it's that simple, it's the best kept secret in the whole world. Yeah. Let's go back to the murder. Not not even the murder scene. We don't know. Right. Girlie's apartment. The blood scene. Right. Lots of blood discovered. A seemingly covered up by bleach. bleach. Yes. Whoever it was who did this cleanup seemed to think that would take care of it. It did not. Um, testing of the blood to find out exactly whose blood it was revealed that most of it was girlies, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. She's missing. They found her clothes later on. It was discovered that they were her clothes. Um, not a surprise. Right. That seems to add up. But there was two other, uh, people's blood found in her apartment. One was an unknown party. That, as far as I could tell, didn't seem to be identified in all the different articles I read and stuff. But the other was Linda Henning. <gasps> oh my god. Yeah. The fiancé. <laughs> yes. The fiancé of Dyson, Hassenkoft. Hassenkoft. Yes. You dirty dog. So, <laughs> they discover that it is Linda's blood. They deduce, I think I mentioned this also before the break, that they kind of figured, like, the reason Gurley decided to file for divorce and leave Dyson was because he had, like, vials of blood just, like, hanging out in his basement, doing a lot of weird stuff. I think they're they're pretty sure she discovered that he was a fraud, not a real doctor. Dyson Hassenkoft wasn't his real name, came as a big shock to her for some reason. But she's also probably found out that he has had a ton of affairs behind her Mm, back. They've been married for six years at this point. This entire time, he has been Dyson Hassenkoft, Dr. Dyson Hassenkoft, who's been giving all these fake treatments to like people suffering from cancer and stuff. So she's, odds are, she found out he's a terrible person. Some of the articles I read claim that she was actually planning to reveal his secrets. And that's why he was threatening her the whole time they were in the process of their divorce. And people think that that's a lot of what led to the motivation to kill her in September. Mm -hmm. And then Linda Henning's blood was found at her apartment. Very damning. So they arrest the both of them. Uh, After arresting them, investigators learned that Dyson had convinced Linda that not only... Was he an immortal, shape-shifting reptile man who would grant her great powers, quote-unquote, but that reptile aliens were coming to take over the world, and some of them who were already on Earth were going to be their emissaries, quote-unquote, and that Linda could become the queen. 
Ooh, interesting. Okay, okay. Literally in my notes, I have written fucking weird. Because I'm pretty sure I remember the very first time I ever heard about this case, it was actually an episode of a show. I don't remember all the details exactly, but in this, this lie, this like fabricated sort of like tale that he convinces Linda is really happening, he wraps Gurley up in all of it, saying that she's an evil reptilian, whereas he's a good one, Mm -hmm. and that she needs to be destroyed in order to like save the earth or something. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Linda, by the way, still down. Why wouldn't you be? You get to be queen. I'd be game. <laughs> so this is th- these are all the lies he's feeding her, you know, at the same time also apparently injecting her with what we can only assume is B12 right. or B6 or whatever the fuck, vitamin B. She's not, by the way, enjoying benefits from that. Like her friends are reporting that she's like declining severely, that she's like not <laughs> bathing anymore. And, yeah. like, not really changing her clothes ever and stuff. So they, they as far as they can tell, they, they think she's, like, on, like going off the deep end. Right. That she's, like, chemically unbalanced. Something's wrong. She's talking about this dude Dyson all the time, that he's a 900-year-old alien. They're like, what the fuck's wrong with Linda? To make matters even stranger... Okay. Police, after arresting Linda, have the authority now to search her home. Okay. So they do. They arrested her because her blood was at the scene? Yes. Okay. So on the suspicion of the fact that girly Chu, Hassan coughed, was still missing, Mm -hmm. her bloody clothes were found off in, I think it was Magdalena, New Mexico. Right, yeah. Really seems like because a lot of her blood was scattered around her apartment that something terrible happened to her and Linda was probably involved. Although it was strange... That it really seemed like someone made a really big effort to clean up all the, all the blood, and yet drops of Linda's blood specifically were there. Strange. Right. When they search her house, they find a ninja sword <laughs> Okay. in the ceiling of her garage. Right. Further investigation revealed that Dyson had purchased the ninja sword the day that Girly Chu went missing. So the day, speaking of the day that Girly Chu went missing, Dyson was also seen by neighbors hurriedly driving up to his home in like a rush. So that's not a real word, right? Yes, it is. Hurriedly? Hurriedly. Okay. Hurriedly is a word. No, okay, hurriedly. It's a word. Fuck. Hurriedly. <laughs> it can't be a word. Quickly is a word. Quickly is a word. Hurriedly is also a word. Um, he'd been seen by his neighbors just like, like pulling up in a car yeah. up to his house, rushing out, covered in what they claimed was like either paint or shoe polish because his skin was all like painted in black. Okay. And he was dressed in camouflage. So they were like, huh, that's fucking weird. Why is Dyson pulling up to his house, screeching his tires, and running out in, like, camo and stuff? Right. What's going on? Well, how could they see him, but... Interviewing all these people, hearing all these reports, they're trying to find Dyson. He was no longer in New Mexico. They found him in South Carolina, where he had fled and was hiding with a separate girlfriend of his. 
Interesting. Yes. That's far. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, back to the search of Linda Henning's house. They also found a shotgun. Ooh. Okay. And a twenty-two Beretta. Oh, I like Berettas. Twenty-two is rather small, though. It is. It is just a small handgun. Mm-hmm. But they did find it, and that's worth mentioning because she's suspected of murder. What is this? Uh, New Mexico. New Mexico. Do they have registration laws in New Mexico? I don't know. Was it was the gun registered in her name? I have no idea. Interesting. So, um, Linda claimed at first that she had never met Gurley. Right. Uh, but it was later found that that was a lie. And records of B of A, Bank of America, revealed yeah. that she had banked <gasps> at Gurley's Bank of America specifically. And had specifically walked up to Gurley's counter while Gurley was working at least one time. Okay, I won't say that's damning evidence. No, but like her blood at her apartment. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. And was also sleeping with her husband over the summer. I don't know. I I see a lot of people at my job. Yes. Every week, the same people. Yeah. I can't recall their names or faces, you know, and they, they come in. Every seven days, I see the same exact people, same exact names. Once again, not damning all on its own. Right. But the fact that you had a romantic relationship with her estranged husband and your blood was found at her apartment after she disappeared and is, you know, really seems like she's been murdered. You're saying seems and alleged quite a bit here. I have a feeling. (laughs) I have a feeling that Gurley is alive and well. She's... Not, as far as anyone Oh, knows. no. There was a lot of blood found at her apartment. Oh. We'll get to that. So, okay. So anyway, this big trial happens in New Mexico. It ends up being very notorious. It draws a lot of attention. Dyson, rather than go through a trial and likely be sentenced to death at the end of it, accepts a plea agreement. Mm-hmm. Pleads guilty. Sure. In order to avoid the death penalty. He's sentenced to life, among a few other things. F that. I'd risk the death penalty. Because you might get off. You know what I mean? Life in prison, you might as well just die. Right? I I mean, I don't know. Are you speaking from the perspective of him as the guilty party? At least very seemingly guilty party? I don't know. Or are you speaking as a taxpayer? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying... Had, if if I were ever given life in prison. Right. I mean, I would just ask for the death penalty at that point, right? I don't know. I mean, some people value their life enough to consider it still valuable when living in prison. We won't talk about that right now. He apparently did. That's another episode. He is currently alive and well, serving in Wyoming. What the fuck? He is. He's yes, in Wyoming? Finishing his life sentence in Wyoming. Why they sent him there, I, I don't know. I didn't look into it. So he's in Wyoming right now. Okay. He pled guilty. Sure. Didn't want to be put to get put to death. Okay. Linda Henning, however, oh. who was charged with first degree murder, maintained that she was innocent. Okay. However, people didn't take her all that seriously because she went on to also oh. tell them that she and Diason. You know, lizard people together. Shape shifted. They were lizard royalty. Into cat people when they had sex. Oh. And also, years later, told an inmate that she consumed girly chew's flesh. Oh. Yeah. So, people don't really take Linda too seriously. 
Right. She says a lot of things that don't really seem like they're true. Anyway, I don't know if you remember, but the blood in Gurley's apartment, it was her blood mostly, Linda Hennings, and also at some unknown party. Right. Is it a pig? No. Okay. Because I'm sure they could have tested it for animal uh, to be animal blood. I don't know if they did. It was found out from testimony from Dyson that he had actually planted Linda Henning's blood in the apartment. That's why he had the vials of blood. Mm-hmm. He had Linda Henning's vials. He was, quote unquote, treating her medically. Right. He had a vial of as her blood. As one does. Right. As a boyfriend. You right. know exactly where he's coming yeah. from. Uh, he apparently went back to the scene after having a hand in cleaning up, apparently. Spilled specifically her blood <coughs> on the carpet. But also said she had nothing to do with the murder. That he actually meant to spill some other female client of his uh, blood on the carpet in order to throw investigators off. But that on the way there, you know, Butterfingers, he dropped the vial and it broke and he couldn't use that woman's blood. But he just happened to have Linda Hennings. Right. So he went and got that instead. Yes, he was just planning. Okay. Went and got that one instead and and spilled her blood there. Right. But said, no, she had nothing to do with it. I'm the one who put her blood there. And also, you know, called her his kitten because of the shape changing. Okay, but can you prove they didn't shape change? I can't prove that they didn't or that they did. Sure, but that's not not what's important here. It's far less important. You're right. (laughs) So anyway, that's what he claims. Linda's off her fucking rocker at this point. Um, he must have been slipping her a lot more than vitamin B. That's my opinion. Okay. So, uh, as I said, investigators, of course, were always suspicious that there was a third party involved, someone other than Dyson and Linda Henning. Um, and they apparently had suspected this man, William Miller, for a really long time. He was also someone who attended the seminar of David Icky. <gasps> Back to Icky. The conspiracy theorist. It had been reported by other people who attended the David Icky seminar that they had seen the three of them driving around together. Uh, David, not David Icky, I'm sorry, William Miller was mm-hmm. like an avid camper, outdoorsman type of guy. The investigators were suspicious that maybe he had been hired by Dyson in order to hide Gurley's body after they did whatever they did to it. It's not really clear. Um, However, there really was nothing to put against him. The blood, I I, I assume, I didn't find anything specifically about the third-party blood they found in Gurley's home. It's possible that, because Dyson admitted that he tried to dilute uh, Linda Henning's blood by mixing it with bleach, because like you, he thought that that would null out the DNA. You could recognize that it was blood, but that might destroy enough DNA that you couldn't tell whose blood it was. Uh He alleged, anyway, that he mixed it with bleach, poured it in there in order to throw investigators off of a female was here, but you don't know exactly who because the DNA is damaged. That's what he thought would happen. Um, They apparently couldn't connect William Miller to anything that happened and they couldn't charge him with anything. So he got off with just like a 12-month sentence of probation or something. Um, even though they're pretty sure he was hired to hide her body, okay. Gurley's body. Because as to this day, as of this day, Gurley's body has never been found. Oof. They scoured 
the deserts of New Mexico trying to find her, which includes like a ton of like abandoned mine shafts and stuff. They couldn't find her. And very sadly, that is how this story ends. Uh, but one little update. Yeah. As of January 2nd, 2020. Oh, very recent update. Dyson is trying to get his sentence overturned. Ah, yes. So that's in the works. Uh-huh. He's trying to appeal his sentence. And we'll just, we'll go ahead and spectate and we'll see how that goes. Yeah. So turn on your Google alerts to Dyson Hassenkoft. Oh, yes. Uh, to keep up with that story. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. I gotta say, I thought my story would be a lot more interesting than yours. <laughs> but I really don't know. This story, honestly, it's not like, it's not because it ended in like a mystery, like, you know, no. well, who actually did it? Where well, is she? You only had one murder. I have multiple. And I, I feel that yours was more interesting. Well, because this one's fucking crazy. Well, fuck. <laughs> this one's all over the place. Okay. But I made a point because, like, it's so clear. Like, if you there are like there are a ton of videos you can find about Dyson Hassenkoft and his trial. He he like really overplays it. Like, he seems like such a weirdo. He seems like one of those weird incel like D and D players who takes the name that they came up with on their own because (laughs) they thought it was so badass. Yeah, adopted it as his own and now was trying to like live his fantasy. That's how he comes across. This just like weirdo. He has this like weird high pitched voice. He he like he's a weird nerdy looking dude. You wouldn't imagine he'd be able to con all these people, especially all these ladies, into like fucking him. But that's how it worked. And you watch all these videos, and he like really plays into the like evil villain. He even like does that like slow evil. He's like, ah, 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 ah. well, that is the question, isn't it? And you're like, what the fuck? What is this guy? Like, what what is his problem? Like, he yeah. really really plays it up, and he seems like a total fraud, even in just giving his testimony in this trial. So you can look that up. As far as like sources. I must have looked at like nine different websites, but a few of them I will, I will say I know that there was last, I think it was, I'm a little too drunk to remember. (laughs) (laughs) It was, uh, my favorite murder. I listened to a little bit of their episode, but I ended up running out of time. I didn't get to finish it. They talked about it, uh, last something on the left. (laughs) I'm going to get, if anyone listens to this, I'm going to get hate mail about it. But uh, they talked about it. I didn't get a chance to listen to their episode. Okay. Well, unlike you... I think it's last podcast. I am the first podcast to ever speak about this. That I know of. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mostly because I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. (laughs) But also because... Has anyone heard of... And by anyone, I mean you, Jessica. Have you ever heard of... The Vienna Strangler... I have never heard of the Vienna Strangler. Right? Me neither. (laughs) So I wanted to talk about stranglers. Specifically, I wanted to talk about the Scranton Strangler, but I really didn't feel that there was enough information there (laughs) on the Scranton Strangler. Also another episode. So as of now, the Vienna Strangler. Okay. Austria. 1951. <gasps> international. Ooh. Well, that's kind of where Vienna is. is international. No, I, I got... You know there are places <laughs> in the U.S. called Vienna. 
I didn't know that. <laughs> Gonna be real with you. Had no idea. Austria, 1951. Johann Unterweger is born. <laughs> Unterweger. Unterweger is born. He's born in Austria to an Italian prostitute. Okay, that's his mother. Okay. His father is an unnamed American soldier. No idea who he was. So, as he was growing up, his mother was arrested. Okay. Surprisingly arrested for fraud, among all things. She was arrested for fraud. Well, it's... I I don't think in Europe, prostitution is illegal. No, no, no. Prostitution is not. I'm just saying, why fraud? I don't get it. What'd she do? You know? Oh, it just wasn't explained? No. Fraud. That's that. Okay. Uh... After his mother was arrested, he went to live with his grandfather. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, his grandfather was a sketchy dude, all in all. Also big in crime. Okay. He was young, I believe, anywhere from five to eight. Johan was. Johan Unterweger was when he moved in with his grandfather. Okay. Uh, and his grandfather was a known animal thief. He stole... He stole livestock, whether that's a goat, a cow... Um, Chickens? sheep, chicken, you Turkey? name it, Goose? <laughs> livestock. <laughs> he stole them, and his grandfather saw saw Johan as an opportunity. Hey, this kid's not a known criminal. Maybe he can maybe he can do some stealing of livestock for me on my behalf. By 1974, right, that would yes. make Johan 23 years old. He had been in jail for about eight years. Okay, he wait, had, the grandfather. No, Johan. <gasps> Johan. Yes, Johan Unterweger. How old was he at this time? 1974. I just said he was 23. You were listening. I wasn't. You were I'm using ch- your ears. <laughs> <laughs> he was 23. I just kept thinking about what stealing livestock would look like. I don't know. Wasn't much detail on it. <laughs> this is a long time ago. Apparently, they didn't keep great records on livestock theft. <laughs> don't understand why. Seems like enough. There for some history, but right. I don't know. It's just the most benevolent. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most, like the cutest sounding crime to me compared to what I just said. Well, not if your whole life is breeding prize winning goats. That you know, and that, that is some true. some douchebag Austrian man keeps stealing your prize winning goats. Dude, because yeah. if you're earning a living off that livestock. Someone is messing with your livelihood. Messing with your livelihood. Unacceptable. Okay. Yes. So by the time he was 23. Okay. In 1974. Yeah. Johan had spent about eight years in jail. Okay. okay. He was convicted of 16 crimes. All right. Okay. Now, most of which was theft and burglary. Okay. Ah. But, uh, Not necessarily livestock related. Just theft and burglary. They okay. weren't too specific. Okay. But uh, but sprinkled in there, right? Okay. Sprinkled in there was a sexual assault and pimping. Oh. Keep note. Uh, okay. okay. Remember, he is or will be the Vienna Strangler. Okay. Got it. So. I don't know what that has to do with sexual assault. We're going to get there. Okay. We're going to get there. Got it. So the year is 1974. Johan is 23. He just got out of prison. He's chilling. He's relaxed. When out of nowhere, boom, enters 18-year-old Margaret Schaefer. Okay? He sees her. He thinks, damn, I need to strangle that. (laughs) (laughs) And so he does just that. Interesting. He 
he assaults Margaret Schaefer, <laughs> and he strangles her with her own bra. I know. Oh my god! <laughs> Pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> Shame on you, Johan. <laughs> okay. So oh, she, Margaret. so poor Margaret is murdered with her own bra in 1974. In 1976, the Austrian police finally arrest and sentence Johan to life in prison. For Margaret Schaefer's death? Yes. Okay. For the death of Margaret Schaefer. Okay. He was arrested and sentenced to life in prison. For the bra strangling. The bra strangling, right. Okay. He, specifically, by the way, he grabbed the, he took her bra off. I'm assuming that he beat her first in order to do this because obviously it would have taken time. You assume she would have been fighting. I'm assuming he knocked her unconscious. Yes. They didn't speculate in the papers from 1974. Of course. But uh, I'm assuming she was knocked unconscious because the bra was tied into a knot behind her neck before she was strangled. Okay. Okay. That's important to note later, but not now. So, Johan in 1976 is sentenced to life in prison in Austria. Got it. As soon as he was sentenced, he knew, all right, clearly I'm innocent. But the people won't believe that. Okay. So he began writing, okay? Okay. He wrote plays, he wrote poems, but the real gold came in when he wrote his autobiographies. Interesting. Okay. In his autobiographies, he not only admitted his guilt, but he apologized for it. Ah. And said that he felt bad, he felt sorry, it was wrong, he shouldn't have done it. He, sh- he, he deserves the punishment that he is receiving. Okay. Okay. So 1985, nine years later, mm-hmm. okay, a movement begins in Austria for the release of Johann Unterweger from prison. He should be released. He's clearly rehabilitated. He does not deserve life in prison. He's released so many autobiographies at this point. Yes. So... Apologetic in nature. Right. The people believed that his writings were clear, clear-cut clear signs. Heartfelt. Yes. That he has rehabilitated. And this movement, okay... Yeah. Was fueled by famous writers, famous politicians, even famous Nobel Prize winners that were saying that Johan deserves to be released. He does not deserve life in prison, right? He did a bad thing. Okay. He deserves punishment. He served that punishment in those nine years. Right. It's second chance time. Right. And they demanded his immediate pardon and release from prison. Okay. By the president of Austria. So the president of Austria, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. You can Google it. President of Austria, 1985. He mandated... Okay. He declared, he made it known, that Johan would serve the minimum 15-year sentence for his crimes. Of murder. Of murder. With a bra. With with a brassiere, yes. Got it. Of Margaret Shaver. Margaret Shaver. Yes. So come 1990. Okay. Okay, a full 15 years. The year years. before I was born. The year before you were born. The year that Gurley Chu met <gasps> Dias and Hassenkopf. Oh, interesting. The same year that Johan was released from prison. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was released, right, in 1990, and he very quickly worked as a reporter and a journalist, right, for some famous network in Austria at the time. Okay. Okay. He even went as far as hosting television shows. Wow. Talking about criminal rehabilitation, because he was a criminal. Poignant. Who was rehabilitated. Okay. Yeah. 
So, at this point in time, 1990, the name Vienna Strangler didn't exist. One man strangled one girl 15 years back. That's not that's not a strangler. That's just a one-time occurrence. It's a man who happened to strangle. <laughs> yeah, he just happened to strangle her. But Johan mm-hmm. became famous for reporting on true crime. Specifically, murders that involved women being strangled with their own bras in Austria. Okay? Hold on. Yes. He was reporting. He was reporting. On women being strangled with their bras. Yes. By other people? No one knew. Murders were happening. Oh, no. Bra killings (laughs) were going down. Okay? And he was reporting on it like any good journalist. Right? Yes. So... In the first year of his release yes. from prison, okay. Johann Unterweger, Unterweger would, mind you, at the time, no one knew it was him. But now... No one knew what was him. No one knew that he was the Vienna Strangler. That but he had killed Margaret Schaefer. He killed, everyone knew he killed Margaret Schaefer. Okay. No one knew that it was him that strangled a woman in Czechoslovakia <gasps> and seven more women... In Austria. And then reported on it. With their own bras and reported on it. Yes. He was giving himself content. He was. And I thought this was a little like fun thing to note. All of the women that he strangled were known prostitutes or sex workers or whatever you want to call them. Back to Johan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, okay. So the year is 1991. The year I was born. The year that you were born. Where were you born? Was it in Los Angeles? Yeah. Yes, it yeah, was. it was. So ironically, <laughs> this is a little fun fact for you. Johan was actually hired to go and report on the crime in Los Angeles. <laughs> Specifically, the difference in views of prostitution in Los Angeles versus Europe, okay? Okay, I mean, I guess I can understand sure. that. In Europe where it's legal, in they Los Angeles They flew where... him right. to Los Angeles mm-hmm. to find out about the differences in prostitution in Los Angeles and Europe, yes. right? It's a different culture. It's completely different. Right. In one, it is a, le- it is a federal crime. In the other, it's perfectly legal. So long as you're of age, it's perfectly legal. Right. Okay, so... He flew to Los Angeles in 1991 and began his investigation. He, of course, went to the LAPD to ask them questions, right? He's an Austrian reporter trying to find out more. Yes. Obviously, he gets a ride-along with the LAPD. I can't believe Dad missed this, by the way. Uh, yeah. Dad is going to be mad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Dad wasn't LAPD at this point. No. No, he wasn't. 1991, he was still enlisted. Yeah. No, he was in the Marine Corps. Yep. So good on you, Dad. You didn't fuck this up. Some other LAPD dude did. Anyway, they drove him around and showed him all of the districts that would be known as red light districts in Europe, but to us are just known as where the prostitutes are. You know, there's really no name for it. It's just, you know, their corners, their streets, their districts, their areas. Right. Certain locations where prostitution is, is occurring heavily. So he did a ride along with LAPD and they showed him the prostitution hotspots because he's reporting on it, right? right. He's just, he's just an honest it pertains Austrian to his, reporter. Exactly. It pertains to yeah. his profession. At this point in time, the Austrian police have come to the conclusion, hey, 
maybe a suspect should be Johan Unterweger, right? Of the seven murders that have happened in Austria. Okay. And even the one in Czechoslovakia. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. They're right next to each other. That's going down in Austria. Eight women killed with their bras. Yes. Oh, also, one in Prague. There's a knife? Again. I mean, apparently. Okay. They... Many sources have said that there was one in Prague. Technically, we cannot confirm that that was him. Technically. But she was strangled with her own bra. And she was a prostitute. Signs point to him. Right. But we can't prove that Time, it was It him. falls into the right timeline. Timeline, category, right everything. Right. Correct. So, the Austrian police are looking into Unterweger. Yeah. Or Johan, uh-huh. as you might call him. I would. While he's in Los Angeles, doing his civic duty in reporting, okay? He was in Los Angeles... For a three-week period, and unfortunately, in that three-week period, three known sex workers or prostitutes were found strangled to death by their own bras. Specifically, one, one per week. Specifically, these three women were found not only beaten, but sexually assaulted and smashed with tree branches. What? I don't know where the tree branches came from. <laughs> Maybe there's more trees in Los Angeles than in Austria. I'm not an expert. I couldn't tell you. They were beaten with tree branches and then finally strangled, strangled with their own bras. What a terrible death. Mind you, all bras tied with the same knot. Ooh, okay. The same knot that Margaret Schaefer had tied in her bra when she was strangled. I'm going to walk out on a limb. No pun yeah. intended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I think it's suspicious enough that they were all strangled with their bras and beaten with tree branches. Tree branches. I think that's that's enough of a similarity. But then you throw in that they were strangled with their bras and their bras were tied in the same knot. The same knot. He used... Sorry. Someone used <laughs> <laughs> the same knot... To strangle all of these women. Curious. Very. So, a warrant was finally put out for Johann's arrest. He had been living in Austria again now, comfortably. He went back to Austria. He did go back to Austria after... from the United States. Okay. After his his casual vacation <laughs> in reporting Work in the United related. States. Work-related. Work-related vacation. He went back to Austria where the Austrian police put out a warrant for his arrest. <gasps> I know. Oh, no. Not only his arrest, by the way, but his girlfriend at the time. Oh. Who, again, I will not try to pronounce the name. (laughs) Let's just say Johan's girlfriend. Okay. Okay. Uh, Because they believed that she may have known and did not say anything. Again, speculation. Right. But a warrant was put out nonetheless. Okay. Okay. That's fair. So, obviously, Johan fled. Okay. Oh. Somehow, he was tipped that the Austrian police were coming for him. Maybe it's his connections in reporting. Maybe, Maybe it's he, the girlfriend. The girlfriend, somehow. Could be anything. Right. The Austrian police chased Johann into Switzerland, where he was then chased into France. Wow. Where he was then chased... This is like Carmen Sandiego. <laughs> yes. Where he was then chased into the United States. Back to the United States. He boarded a plane. <laughs> <laughs> As a wanted criminal. Went back to the United States, where finally he was apprehended and arrested by U.S. federal marshals in Florida. 
1992. Now, if you are listening, <gasps> one clearly, old. he was released from prison in 1990. Uh-huh. He was arrested in 1992. Okay? We're talking two years tops. And we're talking also a minimum of 12 murders. 12? 12. What? One in Czechoslovakia. Oh, my God. Seven in Austria. What in You Prague? forgot about the one in Prague. There was one in Prague. Shame on you. <laughs> I'm sorry, probably. Now, mind you, you can Google this and find all of their names. I mean, look, I could try to pronounce them. I'm not going to try. No, don't. Because if yeah. you pronounce Margaret it wrong, Schaefer, I could definitely pronounce. Easy. <laughs> easy. Margaret Schaefer. Anyone can say that. I will say, though, I, I applaud you. Because there is fucking no one in America named Johann... Johann Unterweger. <laughs> okay. I, you know what? I'm going to take that back. There might be... Because there was someone in America named Dyson Hassenkoft. Uh, or was there? He did start out as Armand Chavez. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> it's, it's harder to say than Johann Unterweger, if we're being real. Back to Johann. Okay. Okay. So, arrested by U.S. federal marshals in 1992 in Florida. I think it's, it's fun that it was Florida. You know? Right. Yes. Just because Florida. Shit happens in Florida all the time. Yes. If, in fact, if anyone, if anyone is listening, Dad, if you're curious, go ahead and jump on to really any search engine and type into that Florida crimes. There was a, a case of, uh, it was fraudulent, like, activity. It was people. <gasps> the tickets make, to heaven. Tickets to heaven. Tickets to heaven. Yeah. Yes. They were gold tickets to heaven. Golden! They were gold tickets. Yeah. Yes. They were making bank off them. They did. Yeah. I think it was only $100 a ticket into heaven. I would buy a ticket to heaven. Yeah. Ticket to heaven. $100. And it's yours. And they sold over ten grand worth <laughs> of tickets to heaven. If you think about it, that's not a crazy problem. That's a hundred people. A hundred people <laughs> bought tickets to heaven, Jessica. <laughs> That's big. <laughs> that's 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 a hundred people too many. <laughs> Good for them because they were like meth addicts. Like <laughs> that's true. They did say that Jesus told them that they needed to sell tickets to heaven so that they could buy drugs. Yes. I don't know why Jesus would do such a thing. I I have a feeling he didn't say that, but like, um, can we really prove that? We he can't didn't? prove it. No. But you know what we can prove? Johann's guilt. Okay. Okay. So. Johan was extradited yes. from Florida yeah. to Austria. Okay. Okay. Where he was charged with 11 murders. See, 11 because technically I'm not the only one they who never the one they never Prague. they never charged him with the Prague murder. They just forgot about Prague. How do you forget about Prague? Well, it's not they don't have to forget about it if they can't place him there. Like, I don't know. Maybe they're so all Right there. If you think about it from the perspective of a strangler and you're going to strangle some woman who you think is fine and like she's, she's topless anyway and you're going to, you know for a fact you're going to strangle her and her bra is right there. Like uh, he's not so original that he's the only person in the world in history who's ever thought to strangle a woman with her bra. With the same knot. Yeah, because, oh, no person in the no. world <laughs> look, knows look, how look. to tie that one knot. Look, not everyone, not every strangler is an Eagle Scout, okay? That can just <laughs> tie all sorts of special knots, okay? Johan <laughs> could tie a special knot, okay? I'm just saying, due process, if they sure. couldn't put him there, okay, 
then they can't Any charge him with it. Way. Okay. Arrested in 1992 in Florida, extradited <laughs> to Austria, charged with 11 murders. They did include the three in the United States. So in 1994... Not so glad for the woman in Prague. <laughs> no, poor woman in Prague yes. that I can't pronounce the name of. But in 1994, about two years later, Johan was found guilty of nine murders. Oh. And was, I know, only nine, and was again sentenced to life in prison. But this time, without the possibility of parole. Okay. Okay. No matter how many autobiographies. It doesn't matter. You know, last time he only wrote, I think, two or three. If he wrote, you know, nine this time, it wouldn't matter. Okay. Yeah, I know. Kind of, kind of, uh, you know, hypocritical. Why not let the people decide? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. How about the Nobel Peace Prizes? Pick who should be released from prison. Okay, I'm going to throw this out there because I feel like not everyone listening is going to know that we're joking. We're joking. He's guilty. Oh, no, this dude's definitely guilty. (laughs) He 100%. And we're about to, I'm about to get to the point of how we 100% know that he's guilty. Oh, here we go. Are you ready for it? I'm, I'm ready. So... In 1994, he was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. A second Again, time. A second time. His second life sentence. Right. He's serving. But the night... One life. Two life sentences. Yeah. Oh, oh. That's a book. That's an interesting headline. What is that? Is, did we just come up with a soap opera? TM. TM. Yeah, TM. TM. So, the night of his conviction, Johann Unterweger. Okay. Also known as the Vienna Strangler. Right. Strangled himself <laughs> in his own prison cell, but legally he committed suicide by hanging is the exact wording. Okay, but the Vienna Strangler strangled himself. He was suicided in his own cell. He suicided. <laughs> he suicided himself. himself. He went full Epstein on himself. He went full original suicide. Pure original suicide in his cell. He used his shoelaces. Okay. Okay. Which. Now we get why they don't have shoelaces in prison in modern day. I'm just saying, they there had to be a reason why they took them away. Right. I mean... They couldn't just guess. It makes sense. Yeah. Why, did they, say, why you know, didn't they think of it sooner? For, but No, I, that's actually exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. I would never assume someone would use their shoe. Well, I wouldn't assume shoelaces were strong enough to hang yourself with. I, I wouldn't think that they would be used for suicide. I would, I would think that, oh, hey... Maybe we shouldn't give them a, a garret to to strangle people. That's a good point. Why why are we giving the Vienna Strangler an item to strangle with? <laughs> that doesn't seem like a logical idea. It's that's not. That's but not true. only did he use his shoelaces because it wasn't strong enough, like you said, he used the the lace that tied his sweatpants together. He pulled it out. Ah! He attached it to the shoelaces, and he strangled himself. Now we're coming to the end of the story. But a, a very important thing to note is when he strangled himself, sorry, when he committed suicide by hanging mm-hmm. upon himself, mm-hmm. the same exact knot was used to tie his own noose, therefore connecting him to all 12 murders, 13 if we include poor Margaret Schaefer. 14 if we include himself. Oh my God, 14. <laughs> he strangled 14 people. <laughs> Technically he did. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Johann Unterweger, the Vienna Strangler. And so I was like, oh my God, how have I never heard of the Vienna Strangler, right? Like, like, as unfortunate as it is, that's a cool ass name. 
Right? The Vienna Strangler? The Vienna Strangler. It, it is? Of all the names he could be given, that's the coolest. For sure. There are some, I gotta say, there are some really terrible people with some, people who have done terrible things. The Jack, Night Stalker? Jack the Ripper. Ooh, Jack that's the Ripper. That's a cool name. That is a cool name. He sucks. He did yeah. terrible, awful things that I hate. Yeah, like I said, but the Night Stalker, cool name. Manny Ramirez, right? Right. Also did terrible things. Yeah. That's a pretty cool name. The, Golden, the Vienna Strangler. Golden State Killer. True. Oh, he recently got caught. I know. A couple years ago. Yep. That's why I have not subscribed to you, Ancestry.com or 23andMe, because if my just... gr- if my grandfather committed murder, <laughs> Johann Unterweger, I looked into why I haven't heard of him. I mean, it's not huge in the United States, even though you think it should be, because he killed three women in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, John Malkovich actually performed a play where he he played Johan, played his life, including a strangling or two, you know, here and there. Uh, but it was very small. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't a international play. It was once only in, in some theater in Santa Monica, and that was it. Uh, it did become a big play that was popular in Europe, I believe, or at least some parts, but okay. specifically Austria. I don't know Unders- why. That's understandable. No. Well, it's because people recognize the name. People sure. recognize the story. They want to learn sure. more. 2016, a United States production studio was actually beginning to work on a film about it. Right. Starring, they announced this in 2016, that Michael Fassbender would be playing Johan Unterweger. Okay. Uh, But I have looked at his IMDb, and it it does not look like this movie is in production anymore. It's a good call. It's been four years, and nothing has happened. Maybe the movie came out, and And we missed it. it. But as far as his current productions, it is not there. Um, Now, there is is a... Michael Fassbender was in that weird snowman movie, wasn't he? Yeah. What um, was that about? Wasn't that about based on something real? I mean, yeah, but Johan... I, no, Johan I'm not, didn't I'm make not, snowmen. I'm not saying it was about <laughs> that. I'm saying maybe, you know, he opted for one bad horror film over another. True. Or thriller. But I saw the reviews of it and decided that I best not watch it. Mm, better not. <laughs> better not. Uh, so, I mean, hey, if you liked that movie, good for you. There, there have been productions made, films made in Europe about Johan. Johan apparently had the same beliefs that I do. Why go for life in prison over just the death sentence? If I was given life in prison without the possibility of parole, this is for the second time, okay? He got life in prison the first time and somehow got out of it. But life in prison the second time, I think he he knew that the odds were against him, considering that he had multiplied his murders by 1,100%. Well, that's, I mean, not to mention that his his first attempt at wiggling his way out of his life sentence might have worked the first time, but he generated so much press in order to get that done. He did. That everyone was watching him. Everyone was hopeful for him. He's going to turn his life around. Everybody, all eyes are on him. And he strangles one, two, plus six, eight, another three, 11 more women. 
Because it was three in the U.S., six in Australia, Austria, one it in was Prague, seven in Austria, one in Czechoslovakia. That's what I'm- seven in Austria, and then another one that they cannot confirm was him in Prague, and then three in the United but States. He's he's dead now. That's he's just, dead. Let's assume. Let's okay. Let's just put judgment it, it on him. It fully fits in. Maybe yeah. they couldn't prove it, and that's that's fine. I understand that the legal process. You can't just assume someone did something because it really seems like they did. Right. That's fair. I understand. But it really seems like he did it. And we have no legal authority, so it's not like anyone's going to suffer from it. It really seems like he did it. I'm going to go ahead and add that to the list. So, he killed a total of 13 women. One man. And then one man. <laughs> he strangled 13 women and then himself. So, I, I I had definitely... Maybe one day I'll get into the Scranton Strangler and all about him. Because, oh boy, do I have some theories. Uh, I don't even know if it's worth making an episode about, though. Because it's all based off of that one YouTube video. Okay, I've watched three YouTube videos. There are more than one. There are multiple. There's more than one. Yes, Scranton plus if you, if you rewatch this the show, I've rewatched it thousands of times. Dude, it is very clear who it is. That was an exaggeration, not a okay. thousand times. But listen, still. if if you are a fan of The Office, which I fucking hope you are, you will watch it. Before it's taken off of Netflix at the end of this year, you will watch The Office again, except this time. Think about who is nowhere near when they speak of the Scranton Strangler. I want you to look at the Scranton Strangler's car when he's in a hot pursuit. And then I want you to watch earlier seasons and see whose car is parked in the parking lot. That's right. Someone in The Office is the Scranton Strangler. I gotta say. That's confirmed. I it, It's not confirmed, actually. Confirmed. No, it's full fan conspiracy. So I have watched at least one of these three videos. Jacob alleges exist. They do exist. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. At least one of them does. I watch them with my eyes. So. What else? Would you- <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no joke, though. I watched it and I was like, oh, 100%. It's that one. He's guilty. Or she. Or she. Wow. (laughs) Don't give it away. Anyway, uh, I guess we're done. That's that's both stories. That pretty much wraps it up. Uh, This has been Three Shots In. Thank you for listening, our soul viewer and father. Thanks, Dad. Um, Text me. Talk to you soon. Bye.